0: Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomestown at your service and...
1: Connie Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle-Earth Elf,
0: for What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org.
1: The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit kci.org or kcitalk.org. Alinda Lee, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? broadcasting from UCI, Tuesdays 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, Welcome and my govanen to everyone listening, whether you are joining us live or online, and to my enduring and charming Hobbit co-host,
0: Milo Loamsdown at your service, Elf Princess, and you folks are listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and streaming live at KUCI.org, as we have for many, many years, since the birth of the World Wide Web, basically. We are the voice of the University of California at Irvine, and today is Tuesday, January the 17th. You may contact us, and we look forward to your comments or questions or suggestions, at askanelf at yahoo.com. Just send your emails, if you wish, to askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. And you can find podcasts and information about this show and all the public affairs programs and wonderful music shows of KUCI at KUCI.org. And there's a special page just for our for our public affairs talk programs, as they're called, yes. at KUCITalk.org. And you can find podcasts of us there for free download or for free download in the iTunes store. Just open up iTunes and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and expand the search results for podcasts, and you will see what would Arwen do in the iTunes store.
1: And, dear Robert, many of our uh, public affairs or talk shows here at KUCI, uh are available through iTunes. So if you have a special show at here at KCI, and you missed it, you can always uh, go to our website and maybe you can find it or find it through iTunes. Either you can way. even subscribe. I like one of the things that's really cool about iTunes is that you can subscribe and it just downloads it to your computer automatically when it goes up.
0: Absolutely.
1: We love technology, don't we?
0: Well, I don't <laughs> like anything more Being a hobbit, I don't like anything more complicated than a donkey cart, (laughs) but I am grateful for the Internet in this regard.
1: Yes. Well, we elves generally love the organic things of life, walking in starlight and moonlight, but we are very, very grateful for the modern uh, Palantir technology (laughs) of the Internet. (laughs) So in case you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about Well, if a Middle-Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? What would her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, things the elves care deeply about? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and the lord of Rivendell a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, are an elvish Arda. We believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. In her we see courage, wisdom, Beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety and service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, a guide to Middle Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So welcome again, Elinda Lee. We hope you will be inspired somehow today to, uh, perhaps, Dear Hobbit, or one of our listeners might be inspired to an adventure. Or if not, maybe just to... um, Enriching and, and releasing that creative aspect of themselves uh, out into the world.
0: Absolutely, and we will be talking about one way to have an adventure here in Irvine towards the end of today's program.
1: Yes, and uh, speaking of adventures, let's just hear what Gladriel reminded, uh, said to, ho- to Frodo about that. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future.
0: Even the smallest person, and we've seen it many times in the history of Middle Earth and our Earth.
1: Yes, indeed. So, um, we're excited. Today, uh, it's you and me, and I love it when we have guests on. Last week, our guest was Eugene Cook, an urban gardener, who did a workshop at uh, the Center for Living Peace, and we'll talk a little bit uh A little bit about my, I'll have an adventure report on uh, that lecture that he did over there. And in case you are interested in urban gardening, especially from the aspect of the garden as a place for enriching meditation, you can find our podcast where?
0: KUCITalk.org is the easiest way, perhaps. But many people have iPods and iPads and other incredibly confounding newfangled (laughs) devices, and for those, they can go to the iTunes store and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, expand the podcast search results, and we will be one of the podcasts listed there.
1: Yes, and so, um, uh, well, today, first, um, let's get into some, of course, in case you're just tuning in, we are an elf and a hobbit who are lovers not only of the book's books, and literature of J.R.R. Tolkien, but we also are great fans of the movies. And so we're very excited about the Hobbit movies, the first one coming out.
0: Oh, my gosh, I can hardly wait. December 14th of this year. Yes. Part one.
1: And just this last December, December 20th, 2011, was the release of the first Hobbit teaser trailer
0: worldwide on the internet.
1: Yes. And to just kind of get us set the tone for our Hobbit movie news today, I thought we would, uh, let our guests, our listeners hear the incredible song, this little teaser song from, of course, Howard Shore, uh, Howard Shore's brilliance from the teaser trailer, Orin, Thorin Oakenshield and the Hobbits. The Dwarves. The d- oh yeah, the Dwarves. Oh, what am I saying? I'm so excited. I'm getting uh, Yes, and the Dwarves singing a little clip from The Misty Mountains Cold. Here is from the Hobbit movie teaser trailer. Far over the Misty Mountains Cold it's blazed with love
0: Instant Academy Award for Howard Shore. I'm voting now.
1: Me too. And uh, while we're at it, let's nominate the Misty Mountains Cold Song for Song of the Year. That's um, right. For the
0: Golden Globes. He gets two. He gets best song and best score.
1: Yes. Maybe they'll have some other songs. Wouldn't it be cool if they had some, if they actually, well, of course, uh, Into the West won an Academy Award. So maybe they'll have, I mean, The Misty Mountains Cold, it's amazing, but it's probably not quite modern enough for, I don't know. What do you think?
0: It's hard to predict what the Academy will do if it is, as they say, the year of the Hobbit. Mm. Which would be unusual because it 's just part one, right. but if they 're so blown away by peter jackson 's brilliance it 's possible it 's
1: conceivable it 's conceivable indeed, so um, we haven 't had a chance because we 've had such a busy holiday season, which is lovely, and here we are into January of two thousand and twelve. Can you believe it's we 're already into well into the double digits of January. The time just flies when you're having so much fun. And we have a uh, chance today, since we don't have a guest, to get caught up on all of the wonderful things going on with the movies. And I know you are you are so wonderful at compiling such interesting movie trivia facts. I mean, who knew that there was so much wonderful movie trivia happening weekly, even now, before the movies are still have, haven't even come out until next December?
0: And it's snowballing, Elf Princess. I mean, mm. I can perceive increasing increasing and more increasing things there's little references to the hobbit popping up in daily comic strips in your funny pages of your local newspapers Ooh. there's cultural references there's references in saturday night live the nbc program that's every saturday night live yes. <laughs> and uh, there are there are just so many little tidbits that are coming out and and, and the cast, which started out semi-unknown, has been snowballing in impressive achievements as well. Richard Armitage, of course, was great in the comic book-based film with Hugo Weaving as mm-hmm. the bad guy, uh, Captain America. We had wonderful stuff from Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch in the first season of Sherlock, the made-for-TV series and updating telling of the Sherlock
1: Holmes stories. And just for our listeners, Richard Armitage is playing...
0: Thorin Oakenshield.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. And we hear him singing. I wonder if that's really him singing singing that. Because in in the uh, Hobbit movies, I mean, in the Lord of the Rings movies, Pippin sang that song, and Pippin actually wrote that song that he sang for... um, uh, Denethor, and, of course, we see Viggo Mortensen singing The Lay of Lethean and in uh, The Crowning of the King.
0: Right. So. It's quite possible. Although in the history of cinema, there are many, many, many times that people like Marnie Nixon have dubbed for Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> but there are many times mm-hmm. when direct music is done, and it's it's usually just tremendous. Right. In Moon River, there's two tracks Available. There is the one that was used in the movie for Henry Mancini's great song. But then we also have a recording of Audrey Hepburn trying out Mm. that moon river with her own voice and it has a loveliness and a specialness musically yes you can say her voice is not super fabulous professional but it has an intensity of dramatic expression that is unequaled in the film in my opinion Ah. (laughs) anyhow let's get to the hobbit there's so much to to talk about
1: there's so much oh
0: my gosh just to catch up a little bit from past notes
1: Let's have a little Hobbit background music here. So let's do that. that. Let's, I love okay. the
0: Hobbit music. Okay.
1: So, so what? What? And I'm what, starting to love if,
0: the dwarf music too. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay. So, what well, do we first got going? of all,
0: I wanted to mention Martin Freeman was quoted recently. This is in the last month. I don't want to go further back than a month, but in the last month, Martin Freeman was quoted as he does not feel under pressure while filming his iconic role as Bill, Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit, as he considers it to be director Sir Peter Jackson's film. Martin Freeman does not think The Hobbit is his film, despite being the lead actor. The British star Mm. plays the part of Hobbit Bilbo Baggins in the Sir Peter Jackson-directed Lord of the Rings prequel, and he admits after a long time filming, he does not feel worried about taking on the character. Martin Freeman said, quote, I honestly don't feel that pressure. No, I really, really don't. It is Bilbo's journey, but I didn't write it. I'm not directing it. It's not my film. It's Peter's film. However, Martin Freeman does reveal that it's been tough for him to do a good job when he is covered in, quote, snot and mud, end (laughs) quote, during the New Zealand shoot. He was speaking with Total Film, and he added, quote, the hardest thing is staying up and peppy when you're covered in snot or mud day after day. I'm sure there's more to come. So far, what we filmed has been more comic than heavy. I keep asking Peter... When are we going heavy? He assures me it's coming, and you can get more of this wonderful interview at contactmusic.com. We saw that Howard Shore was nominated for a Golden Globe for Hugo. He's the composer for The Lord of the Rings trilogy. I
1: haven't had a chance to see it yet, and
0: his score is very good. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to see the film that did win for Best Score, but it must be just tremendous. Was that The Artist? Yes. Yes. The, he, the Artist won several awards. I and know. I haven't been able to see it. I'm dying to it's see right it. right
1: across the street. I over know. Our, our little indi- independent interest theater over here in U- University Center.
0: Right, and I wish I... Traveled down to your phallos, uh Falas more frequently, yes. but I only come down here once a week. And it's I haven't, to yes, be well, on the radio with you, Elf Prince. I have to
1: say, I mean, and I'm in that shopping center at least five times a week, and I haven't yet uh, been to see that. However, I will have to say, having watched the Golden Globes and the little clips from it, and just, um, you know, of course, all of it's. I don't remember offhand how many awards it won, and it had uh, various nominations. But I will be definitely going to see it. But also playing over there right now is the. Descendants, which uh, won for Best Picture.
0: Right. So the Golden Globes has two Best Pictures. They have Best Comedy or Musical, and the artist won in that category. So is right. apparently a comedy. And then the, the Descendants, of course, is a drama, a family drama, and uh, George Clooney's film won for Best Film uh, Dramatic.
1: And I think some people were a little surprised at that. And Barbara, um, the woman I live with, had just been to see... Um, Oh, Meryl Streep in—is it the Iron? The Woman? Iron Lady, and she, of course, you know, Meryl Streep is just unequal. She's and she, you know, she said she was just fabulous, and that, and um, which, of course, she did win the the Golden Globe for Best Actress. But um, I thought Meryl Streep was so incredibly, as she always is, so incredibly gracious about um, just, you know, saying that she was in the company of such great performances this year.
0: And she definitely was. So there are three best films handed out. There's Best Comedy or Musical, which went to The Artist, Best Dramatic Film, which went to The Descendants by Alexander Payne, and the third best film went to The Adventures of Tintin.
1: Yes, that's an animation, right?
0: In the animation category, mm-hmm. and that was directed by Steven Spielberg, but produced by
1: Peter Jackson. And Spielberg,
0: in his acceptance speech, just started off immediately with thanking Peter Jackson for doing such a good job. Yes,
1: and he also named Andy Serkis, you know, among a, a lot of people who worked very hard. But that was that was a special little treat to get to hear the um, get to hear Peter Jackson and Andy Serkis being acknowledged there.
0: So there's that little piece of news from the from the past.
1: From the Golden Globes. Which and was just this sure, Sunday.
0: Just this past Sunday. I'm was so exciting. excited because
1: it just made me think, oh my gosh, just think next year in January we'll have the Golden Globes and I can't wait to see how many things that the Hobbit movies are going to be nominated for because of course we know they will.
0: They they have, they're going to be they're going to be nominated for multiple things. Lord only knows
1: we'll, how many. Um, and have, um, have the Academy Award nominations come out yet?
0: The Academy Award nominations are announced, I believe, next week. If I recall correctly, it's one week from today, early in the morning. So on our next program, if I recall correctly, it's Tuesday the 24th. Okay. So we, we will have, and, and again, I'm, I'm sure that Howard Shore will be nominated for Hugo. Yes. And the Academy is a completely different voting right. body.
1: Well and even ben. the whole the whole tone of the ceremonies and everything it was lovely. I mean I just I really enjoyed watching the Golden Globes the other night. I thought it was just charming.
0: And ev- even what's his name the uh host uh um
1: Oh that the guy the British
0: humorist whose <laughs> name yes, escapes me.
1: Yes uh, um It escapes me, too, but his face is right there. Right. Um, Yes. Even
0: he was somewhat toned down.
1: Yes. Um, But it was, you know, and a lot of times people tend to kind of, um, you know, Think these things aren't so important or they think that we, you know, that people get too caught up in them. And we can. We can get all caught up in, you know, um, star worship and all of that. But at the same time, I feel it's, I think that, at least for me, movies are such a wonderful enrichment to life. You know, to, their uh, movies can be so moving and they can capture so many, um, things and you know apart from being a diversion from you know the pressures of life they're they 're really such a wonderful form of art, I think, and so um and I really appreciate. Actors, you know, who work hard to get the roles and then to be in the roles, Um, and to me, it's always just such a—it's always a sweet blessing to see, especially those that are so humble and grateful when they receive these awards.
0: It's really wonderful. We have really brilliant stage actors like Sir Ian McKellen, Sir Ian Holm, Benedict Cumberbatch is really a tremendous young actor, and they subsume themselves, as Martin Freeman said, to the wishes of the director. Because although the stage is an actor's medium, right? The actor mm-hmm. is really what matters on a live theater stage. Right. In cinema, it is the director that is really supreme. He is the one, or she is the one, who is literally calling the shots, right. who is forming the film, and as an art form, they are what matters. But we digress. First known Hobbit film discovered. Here's a little tidbit that came out. Okay. I didn't have Wonderful. time to mention in weeks past. In 1966, animator Gene Deitch collaborated with Czech illustrator Adolf Born to create the very first film version of The Hobbit. This version, which took some sizable creative liberties with Tolkien's original story, (laughs) never saw the light of day. What the heck happened? Well, there's a video on YouTube, and you can go to my favorite site, which is theonering.net. You'll see a link there in Torn for quick viewing of the 12-minute video. As Deitch tells it, the story began with his producer, William Snyder, briefly acquired the rights to The Hobbit in 1964, the film rights to The Hobbit, before Saul Bass got them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the Rankin-Bass organization. But at that time, Deitch wished to film The Hobbit using cell-animated characters and 3D model backgrounds, an ambitious procedure for that time. This is 1964, wow. almost 50 years ago, talking about 3D model backgrounds. Here's another little tidbit. I couldn't resist. This doesn't have anything to do about the movies, but... But it's fun. What is the number one, what most people agree, and many votings occurred at the end of the 20th century. There are many, many, many votings around the world for the best book of the 20th century. Right. The Lord of the Rings won most of those votes. Right. But did Tolkien ever get the Nobel Prize?
1: No. For literature?
0: No. Okay, so this is a question, right? This is, this is from the Guardian newspaper in the UK. The Guardian writes that, and again, this is pointed to from the onering.net, my favorite site. The Guardian writes that recently released documents reveal that in 1961, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings was nominated by friend and fellow writer C.S. Lewis, but was oh, no. rejected by the Nobel Prize jury. Now, why was it rejected? Is it because it it was a fantasy? Was it because it was too long? No. Quote, on the grounds of his second-rate prose, end quote.
1: Oh my! The
0: goodness. news the, the, the news organization of The Guardian reports that though Lord of the Ring was crowned the UK's best loved book and sold millions of copies around the world in many languages, the 1961 Nobel jury believed the book, quote, has not in any way measured up to storytelling of the highest quality, end quote.
1: Oh my so goodness! Well, I, go figure. I must figure. say,
0: the Hobbit wife thinks <laughs> the Nobel prizes are a bunch of hunk, hooey, and bunk, and she may be right based on that. Because one of the things oh that I goodness. appreciate about the Lord of the Rings books is the prose oh, is so brilliant. It
1: is so amazing. I mean, you can kind of almost get bogged down in it, but it, uh, his descriptions of you know the countryside and. Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, That's a, that comment is mind boggling. <laughs> so
0: those are some interesting things from the past. Let's get up to this week. Okay, this is new news. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Uh, new
1: news from the Hobbit movies. For those <laughs> tuning in, just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine. We are Tani Cheneviel and Milo Lomestown on What Would Arwen Do? And we are discussing Hobbit movie news.
0: And thank you for joining us either live on kuci.org over the FM. Airwaves here in Orange County, California, or via podcast well
1: and since well and since you mentioned your favorite message board, I oh, feel you should it only, mention yours. yes, I want to say a special community. hello to my friends, yes uh, who uh, are part of the w- the greatest in my opinion the greatest online talking community that exists today and uh, which is torque the one ring dot no yes the yes. one ring dot com right. uh tolkien online fictionally known torque and um and there's
0: so many wonderful oh, people so, there. They're yes. so warm and giving.
1: Absolutely. And there's a lot of fun, too. So a special hello uh, to all of them, Vanna, Arwen, Scribbles,
0: oh and my the gosh. rest
1: of the crazy gang.
0: And Roe, if you're and out Ro. there, Roe, hello to you.
1: <laughs> but let's Scandino. get back
0: to more movie news. Movie I, news. I don't want to take your entire hour here, Elf Princess. <laughs> Here's a piece of news from Andy Serkis. Oh, Andy. Smaug is still in process. Mm. Again, this was pointed to via TheOneRing.net, my favorite news source. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking to MTV at the Golden Globes. Ah. a couple nights ago, and Andy Serkis played typically coy about the appearance of Smaug. Quote, I can't give any secrets away, none of those trade secrets. I can't say because actually it's still under wraps, end quote. However, he did seem to imply that they're still refining how it will look in the films. Quote, Smaug in The Hobbit will be extraordinary. It's still a very secret character that is very closely safeguarded, and it's still in the design process, end quote. Andy Circus told MTV at the Golden Globes. Circus said that Cumberbatch as Smaug, audiences certainly have something to look forward to. He continues, quote, with an actor like Benedict Cumberbatch playing him, it will be extraordinary, end quote, he said.
1: So do you think, um, okay, so they have Smaug. Do you think that Smaug will have like some of the, they'll use like... Um Cumberbatch's face.
0: Yes, we know from previous tidbits that they are motion capturing him okay. for Smaug's face, at least. Maybe even body movements, because he mentions how he's had to do Slithering like actor studio, actor studio kinds of exercises. You know, method acting exercises ah, to feel like, Gollum,
1: like uh, Andy did with Gollum, yes. especially that river scene where he's like chasing the fish down yes. the, down the river. So, but will there? But there is. So, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's, a real, there's a real Hobbiton where you can actually go and see Hobbit houses. There's a, an and actual Rivendell. Will there be an actual, like, life-size um, Smaug somewhere, do you think?
0: I think not. None of the hints talk about that. But since you're talking about that, that set, I wanted to mention that on the Travel Channel this past week, mm-hmm. there were the eight, no, the ten top travel spots of 2012. And
1: Oh gosh, I can imagine what's right up guess,
0: there. Guess what's right up there? Yes. It is, is the Hobbit
1: Set. The Hobbit Set.
0: The Hobbit Set. Now
1: are they actually letting people visit the Hobbit Set even now?
0: They have bus tours that you can <gasps> sign up for.
1: Oh my goodness, I really we really must Hobbiton take a little field tours. trip yes. to New Zealand.
0: <laughs> so in any oh, case, that was goodness. one of the ten hot spots for travel twenty twelve. Joining things like Spaceport America, where the first space flight of a commercial nature will occur later this year, such things as uh, New York City, where the big museum opens, Curacao and its first uh, year of independence, uh, the North Atlantic Sea for the hundredth anniversary of the Titanic. But right up there, you know, right smack dab at the front front of the program was New Zealand, wow. and how you can do wonderful. I won't tell you the prices, but you can go on a jet boat scouting of the rivers of Anduin and so forth, just as just as Peter Jackson did the scouting. You can take a helicopter ride for four hours and look over the things like the dead marshes, and you can go see where the the mountains were. The so, any case, let's go back to a little (laughs) bit more news. Um, Speaking of Andy Serkis, he Mm -hmm. was talking about the motion capture. And he said, shooting live on set provided a more dynamic sense of play in his scene with the young Bilbo. Quote, the way we approached the scene was very much to treat it like a chamber theater piece. Oh. Where we could experiment and try different things out. Of course, the other significant change now is that we're using facial capture. So my facial muscles are driving the facial muscles of the digital puppet. End quote. So they're doing the same thing. Basically, of course, because it's the same group as was pioneered by Avatar by James Cameron. They're doing oh. facial capture, and when you see photographs, there are stills now of Andy Ke- Andy Circus in the motion capture rig, looks just like the one that the actors in Avatar used.
1: Wow. You know, there's no, there hasn't been any, any, uh, talk or rumor of any other type of motion capture, um, being in The Hobbit, right? You know? There's I mean, only
0: two. We've got yeah, Gollum and But we've wouldn't got it be Somalia? interesting
1: if they had, like, an avatar? Because to me, the, the, uh, residents of Pandora were very much like elves. And I thought, you know, those look like elves, would look. Like?
0: For instance, in all of my reading, I haven't come across any hints as to what the technology is going to be for the stone trial. Roles.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, that's
0: right. Yes. Are they animated? Are they digitally animated? Because they're Cell definitely animated? very large. Are they stop motion? They're, they're enormous. Yes. Moving on. Remember, Richard, Ar- oh, by the way, The Hobbit has made it into the Elite Eight, the final eight movies of the MTV Movie Brawl. Every year, MTV has voting as to what one movie people are most looking forward to. Oh, really? And right now, it's a cro- close tie in the Sweet 16 round, where they sort of like go head-to-head like yes. the, the NCAA basketball tournament. In this round, it's up against uh, Daniel Radcliffe's new horror movie called Woman in Black. And it's a, a you know, Daniel... Harry Potter? It has n- nothing to do with Harry Potter, know, but, but Daniel sand- Radcliffe yeah. is uh, Harry Potter in right. that series of movies. And apparently it's going up against that. So, you know, if you have more interest, go to MTV.com, and oh, if you wish... Funny. Please vote if you wish <laughs> for the Hobbit as Please. the most look forward to thing. Richard Armitage, our and Oakenshield, gave an extensive interview to MTV uh, about his uh, role in. Oh, or, is that in, up
1: on YouTube yet?
0: And it it well, it's written. It's,
1: oh, it's written.
0: as far as I could tell, it's written. I didn't see any indication of a video, but that mm. may be posted later because this is fresh off the presses.
1: Mm. When when was this interview?
0: Uh, the interview was a few days ago, oh, okay. so it could be up on MTV, possibly mm. uh, on the MTV site. Probably wouldn't go to YouTube; it'd probably go to MTV, and okay. YouTube would, you know, would be later. Right. But uh, MTV asks Richard Armitage, "What's your current filming schedule?" And Armitage says, "We just finished up our second block of shooting, so we start again at the end of January for the third block, and then we go. We think it's the end of July." And there's a bit more in 2013, we think. Wow. And MTV asks, will it be hard to leave behind once you've wrapped? And wrapped is the technical term for the ending of principal photography. Armitage says, quote, I didn't think it would be possible to leave it behind me. I think this is one of those characters that will always stay with you because you spend so much time with him, and it's such a transformation. I'm in the character every day, and I've become so familiar with him. I sort of know how he thinks. I feel really close to the character, and he will continue beyond this job. Spoiler. Even though, well, f- what if people haven't read The Hobbit? I think I will save mm-hmm. this. If you, if, you, if you haven't read The Hobbit, then I'm not going to spoil this, and I'll move on to the next question. MTV asks, how did your previous knowledge of the story change how you approached Thorin? And Richard Armitage replied, I read it quite a few times when I was young. I think going back to it as an adult is really interesting because it is a book that was, I think, was written for Tolkien's children. But when you're creating a piece on this scale, you have to really visualize it for a much broader audience. I think that's the beauty of Tolkien. He does create very well-rounded, quite dangerous characters to play his protagonists. He risks scaring kids. He's the original fantasy creator, and I think you have to invest these characters with the same gravity as if you were making a piece for adults. It was interesting coming back to it as an adult, rereading it again, because it did have a simplicity to it, which I really like. I felt we could take these characters and really develop them beyond the book. So, there's much more, and again, I don't have time to read the whole interview, but (coughs) go to MTV.com, again, pointed to by TheOneRing.net. Yes. There is a beautiful French magazine for those of our. We know we have audience in Canada, right? So if you are if you are in Canada and know French, then Cine Live, the famous uh, French movie magazine, has a wonderful spread on The Hobbit, and uh, you can get a pointer to that at TheOneRing.net. dot net. Apparently, uh, one of the members of Torn, TheOneRing.net, dot uh, net, Elpida sent along scans. She actually scanned in the French movie magazine. Hmm. <laughs> you can look oh. at the scans on the website, and it's beautiful. You can see how they laid out this magazine article. And if you read French, you may get, you know, some information. Lego designs. Oh, the, the official hmm. Legos for Lord of the Rings won't okay. be out until the summer. But there is a wonderful guy by the name of Black Blake Bear, Blake Bear, who has done a wonderful Lego dioramas that recreate fam- famous scenes from The Hobbit. Mm. And I'm holding up some scenes here for, instance, queer lodgings. The home of Bjorn. Isn't oh, that lovely? yes.
1: The home of Bjorn.
0: And and they've got spiders and flies. Has, got Bjorn,
1: has Bjorn been cast yet? I forgot. Amon Hen. Oh, Amon Hen. <coughs> Excuse
0: me. Michael Parisbrant, the great Swedish actor, oh, is playing okay. Bjorn. And I look forward to seeing this. So, So uh, Blake Bear is a wonderful guy who has uh, Ooh, made it'll... these little Lego models and he's got photographs and so forth. Again, pointed to by wonderingnet
1: You know, that might be something... That would be interesting to see what they do in the house of Bjorn uh, because if you remember correctly from The Hobbit... Uh, we're going to have to give some Hobbit spo- spoilers at different times. In fact, we're going to be doing reading. So, we, you know, <laughs> we'll just, people would just have to read the book. Um, but when they are in the house of Bjorn, they are waited on by the animals. Remember? Because Bjorn doesn't eat the animals. They are his, they are his um, guests and friends. And the animals actually come out there and serve them their food. You know, so that might be something interesting that they'll have to do some motion picture motion capture, or or maybe strict animation like like you know they did in uh, Narnia.
0: That's that's wonderful to speculate. We don't know any details. Another thing that we have to mention in the movie news is L.A. Times, which is certainly the country's premier. Yes. newspaper covering movies talks about the year in movies and it only on the front page of the section of the sunday's calendar last sunday's two days ago only mentioned four films the hunger games prometheus savages and the hobbit Ooh. an unexpected journey and then inside they have a wonderful article the how Lord did the i miss this I don't know. I'll
1: have to go home and dig it out of the newspaper
0: box. Jeff Butcher, one of the major film writers for the L.A. Times, writes, no major release of 2012 arrives at theaters with more baggage or battle scars than (laughs) The Hobbit, a title that became a sort of epic inside joke for the cast and crew, many of whom worked on The Lord of the Rings. Quote, I think fate has actually been kind to us, end quote, said Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson continues, quote, yes, I think fate was kind, but I didn't know it at the time, during along the way, end quote. So it's a uh, it's just wonderful, and there's a there's a wonderful image here of Bilbo Baggins yes.
1: and that, after I don't or remember. during
0: a battle. This yes,
1: because that's a, that's an image that does not appear in the trailer.
0: No, 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 no. This I is a know. special still that was got acquired by the LA Times. So that's that's. So all the of you LA with Times. your LA
1: Times, in case you uh, didn't sit down with the calendar last weekend, go get it.
0: And certainly, <laughs> I'll be t-
1: getting it as soon as I get home. Right.
0: And if your local library doesn't have it, go to latimes.com, dot com, and I'm sure you can search for this yes. article, bringing Bilbo home.
1: Wow. Wonderful. So exciting. There's so, I mean, it's just going to be crazy trying to keep up with everything as the, as the weeks and months roll by. Of course, coming up in the summer, we'll have Comic Con. And of course, you know, they'll be rolling out all kinds of things. And who knows, I'm sure in time for Christmas, we will begin to see the, uh, a, a, you know, the action adventure, the action, what do they call them? Action figures. Uh, begin to roll out. Maybe they'll even... No, let's see. smog actually doesn't appear until the second movie. Because remember uh, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, when the Two Towers came out, there was a uh, nice-sized, about a foot-and-a-half-tall tree beard, of which, of course, I have. Um,
0: oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, the tree beard is so lovely. So lovely.
0: Well, my guess, Elf Princess, is you will see Smaug for the very first time at the very end of part one. Yes. That's going to be the climax of part one. You're going to see a few seconds of Smaug. Glowering on his horde like of Like we saw Gollum games.
1: at the end of uh, Fellowship, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I suspect that's what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's going to be so cool. And then, of course, I mean, it's just so wonderful because we have years of things to look forward to. Of course, you know, after the movies come out, and then there's the Academy Awards, and then there's the extended editions, and with all of the extra features. And then, there's and the, <laughs>
0: then there's the, the complete. The complete recordings for the Honda.
1: Right, hot. <laughs> right. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful time. And, of course, all the parties and then the Honda Center movie, you know, um, uh, music that we'll get to go see the Lord Presumably, of the Rings. Presumably,
0: if the concerts continue. We saw the Fellowship of the Ring concert last year. Yes. We're looking forward to the Two Towers concert this year. We're supposed to see the Return the two, of the King the concert two towers? next year. No,
1: Two Towers this coming year.
0: This year. Oh, this, this is year. That, 2012. Oh, that's right. It is. Oh my gosh. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy
1: New Year. <laughs> How the time flies. I know. It's just, it's going to be so much. And who knows, maybe they'll even begin because when I, when the movies came out, I got to see a special performance of uh, music from the Fellowship of the Ring at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, with some friends that was... Um,
0: wonderful. Yeah,
1: so maybe there'll be some other extracurricular things like that. It's always so lovely. So, oh my gosh, where but does we the time have, go? we
0: have a couple of really interesting readings. The teaser trailer reveals the relationship between Gandalf and Bilbo at its birth.
1: Yes, and there's a wonderful... Um, I wanted to play, well, we played uh, the, the Misty Mountain's cold yes. song. And um,
0: From the teaser trailer for The Hobbit, we have some audio excerpts.
1: Yes, we do have some audio excerpts. And we have a couple of little, a couple of readings just to kind of, because of course, you know, I love the books. And I love um, rummaging around in Middle Earth through the Unfinished Tales. And of course, you I just handed you the annotated Hobbit. And let me make sure I hand you the right page. That little blue sticky right there. Right. Yeah, oh, and then you'll go from there. Right. So, um, one of the things that you had mentioned. Let's play this little this little cut though, just from the um, little cut from the movie that's uh, from from Gandalf, because we're going to be talking a little bit about Gandalf today. Because you know, Gandalf shows up in uh, Hobbiton, and well, of course, as they say, the rest is history. But let's let's hear what he has to say. You have a tale or two to tell when you come back. Did you promise that I will come back? No. And if you do, you will not be the same. Mm.
0: And that is delivered. That is instant Academy Award nomination for Ian McKellen. He delivers that line so perfectly.
1: Absolutely. Chills went up my spine. I was thinking today that that's almost straight out of The Hobbit. Um, I wanted you, uh, Milo, because you have this beautiful voice, to read a portion from *The Hobbit* for our, our listeners today, where again, uh, Bilbo first in. Uh, counters Gandalf, of course, in The Hobbit, in The Lord of the Rings, it starts out with the long-expected party. In right. The Hobbit, we start out with the unexpected party.
0: Exactly right. And from that first chapter of The Hobbit, we're reading from the copy called The Annotated Hobbit that the elf princess has in her collection, her vast collection.
1: <laughs> so here's here's a, a little a little glimpse into this character of Gandalf.
0: All that the unsuspecting Bilbo saw that morning was an old man with a staff. He had a tall, pointed blue hat, a long gray cloak, a silver scarf over which his long white beard hung down below his waist, and immense black boots. Good morning, said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining and the grass was very green, but Gandalf looked at him from under long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of his shady hat. What do you mean, he said. Do you wish me a good morning, or mean that it is good morning whether I want it or not, "'or that you feel good this morning, "'or that it is a morning to be good on.' "'All of them at once,' said Bilbo, "'and a very fine morning for a pipe of tobacco out of doors, "'into the bargain. "'If you have a pipe about you, sit down and have a fill of mine. "'There's no hurry. We have all the day before us.' "'Then Bilbo sat down on a seat by his door, "'crossed his legs, and blew out a beautiful gray ring of smoke "'that sailed up into the air without breaking "'and floated away over the hill. "'Very pretty,' said Gandalf.' "'But I have no time to blow smoke rings this morning. "'I am looking for someone to share in an adventure that I am arranging, "'and it's very difficult to find anyone. "'I should think so in these parts. "'We are plain quiet folk and have no use for adventures. "'Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things. "'Make you late for dinner. "'I can't think what anybody sees in them,' said our Mr. Baggins, "'and stuck one thumb behind his braces "'and blew out another even bigger smoke ring.' Then he took out his morning letters and began to read, pretending to take no more notice of the old man. He had decided that he was not quite his sort and wanted him to go away. But the old man did not move. He stood leaning on his stick and gazing at the hobbit without saying anything, till Bilbo, quite uncomfortable and even a little cross, said, Good morning, he said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. (laughs) You might try over the hill or across the water. By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. What a lot of things you do use good morning for, said Gandalf. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me, and that it won't be good till I move off. Not at all, not at all, my dear sir. Let me see. I don't think I know your name. Yes, yes, my dear sir, and I do know your name, Mr. Bilbo Baggins, and you do know my name, though you don't remember that I belong to it. I am Gandalf, and Gandalf means me to think that I should have lived to be good-morninged by Baladonna Took's son, as if I was selling buttons at the door. (laughs) Gandalf, Gandalf, good gracious me! Not the wandering wizard that gave old Took a pair of magic diamond studs that fastened themselves and never came undone till ordered. Not the fellow who used to tell such wonderful tales at parties about dragons and goblins and giants and the rescue of princesses and the unexpected luck of widow's sons. "'Not the man who used to make such particularly excellent fireworks. "'I remember those. "'Old Took used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. "'Splendid! "'They used to go up like great lilies and snapdragons and laburnums of fire "'and hang in the twilight till evening. "'You will notice already that Mr. Baggins was not quite so prosy as he liked to believe, "'also that he was very fond of flowers.' Dear me, he went on, not the Gandalf who was responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures, anything from climbing trees to visiting elves, or sailing in ships, sailing to other shores. Bless me, life used to be quite inter. I mean, you used to upset things badly in these parts once upon a time. I beg your pardon, but I had no idea you were still in business.' Where else should I be, said the wizard. All the same, I am pleased to find you remember something about me. You seem to remember my fireworks kindly at any rate, and that is not without hope. Indeed, for your old grandfather Took's sake, and for the sake of poor Belladonna, I will give you what you asked for.
1: (laughs) So that's wonderful, actually, that uh, reading from The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. And so that line, I'm looking for someone to share an adventure, is straight out of the book.
0: So the teaser trailer, and indeed the whole film, will be certainly taking direct.
1: Well, we are vast, quickly approaching the end of our time. I wanted to read just a little bit because I especially like to encourage people to explore deeper into the worlds of Middle-earth. And so I wanted to read a little something about Gandalf from Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-earth, which is part of the History of Middle-earth series, which was um, edited uh, by J.R. Tolkien's son Christopher Tolkien. And this is on the chapter of the Istari, of which Gandalf, you know, the That's wizards the were elvish the Astari wizards. Yes, and it says here, um, Christopher says, this note dates from before the publication of the second edition of the Lord of the Rings in 1966 and reads as follows. The date of Gandalf's arrival is uncertain. He came from beyond the sea, apparently, at about the same time as the first signs were noted of the re of the shadow, the reappearance and spread of evil things. But he is seldom mentioned in any annals or records during the second millennium of the Third Age. Probably he wandered long in various guises, engaged not in deeds and events, but in exploring the hearts of elves and men who had been and might still be expected to be opposed to Sauron. His own statement, or a version of it, in any case not fully understood, is preserved that his name in youth was Oleron In the West, but he was called Mithrandir by the Elves, the Grey Wanderer, Tharkun by the Dwarves, said to mean Staffman, Incanus in the South, and Gandalf in the North, but to the East I go not that was his own quote it says the west here plainly means the far west beyond the sea not part of middle earth the name oleron is of high elven form the north must refer to the northwestern regions of middle earth in which most of the inhabitants or speaking peoples were and remained and remained uncorrupted by morgoth or sauron in those regions resistance would be strongest to the evils left behind by the enemy or to sauron his servant if he should appear reappear <clears throat> and then he goes on to say a little bit further down, but his main province was the north, and within it above all the northwest, Linden, Eriador, and the Vales of Anduin. His alliance was primarily with Elrond and the northern Dunedain, the Rangers. Peculiar to him was his love and knowledge of the halflings, because his wisdom had presage of their ultimate importance and at the same time he perceived their inherent worth
0: amazing
1: yes so we have a little history here of the astari because people kind of wonder well who were these wizards where did they come from and when did they come about and of course you mentioned something about in the the teaser trailer that kind of kind uh touch that galadriel reaches out and touches Gandalf's hair yes which uh most certainly if you read in uh, any of the backstory, the the Rings of Power um, and the Third Age in the end of the Silmarillion uh, in the Lord of the Rings also in Unfinished Tales which has the history of Galadriel and Celeborn there was never any romantic um, but there certainly would have been a tenderness and love both of them having come out of the far west out of Elvenholm uh, she as one of the greatest of the Noldor elves and he as one of the Astari Sinti to, to help Middle Earth, along with uh, Radagast and uh, Saruman, who unfortunately, you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> but Gandalf approaches Bilbo to have an adventure, and he you know, does. our audience that lives here in Orange County can have an adventure too. They
1: can, you know. And I, you know, we have come flat, run out of time, and I didn't even get to do an adventure report on. Uh, Eugene Cook, which, if anyone would like to listen about urban gardening, they can listen to our podcast that's available.
0: Uh, KUCI talk.org. talk. K-U-C-I-talk.
1: And, but coming up right here at KUCI, there is going to be another DJ training.
0: Does that start tomorrow it already? It starts.
1: It, I do believe if it is tomorrow.
0: If you go to tomorrow. kuci.org on the internet, On the web, you should see in the upper right-hand corner a notice about the training.
1: Yes, I believe it does. Yes, it starts Wednesday night, and.
0: Runs for eight weeks. Runs for eight every weeks. Every Wednesday evening and for an hour it's or so. Just,
1: it's a wonderful opportunity to learn all about how to have a radio show on uh, a public radio station. you learn all about what the FCC requires. Uh, you'll be studying some materials. You'll be taking some t- uh, tests. You'll be able to intern on some shows. You'll make a little sample uh Uh, CD of how your show would be, whether it be a music show or a public affairs show. There's ways um, you can get involved and get training in management. You can become a genre assistant. And
0: the training is open to anyone in the UCI family, staff, faculty, and certainly students.
1: Yes. Uh, So, And I believe that there's still definitely time uh, to get in on the training. So we would like to invite you. In fact, let's play. Let's let... Let's let... um, Let's let... um, Let's see. Let's, uh... Let's let Gandalf invite our friends. Here. Bilbo Baggins. I'm looking for
0: someone to share in an adventure.
1: I can't just go running off into the blue. I am a Baggins. Wait! Back in. Well, you don't have to go running off into the blue because you don't we have to leave are right your here. Home. We are, if you're a student, we're right here on the campus of UC Irvine. And all you have to do is go walking over to one of the trailers.
0: We're right behind the science library.
1: Absolutely. So please visit our website at kuci.org. You can get information. There's a link, I believe, there, or definitely at least information. Well, Actually, I believe the email is training at kuci dot O-R-G. Just send yes, it is training at kuci dot Starts at seven thirty p.m. tomorrow night, and, January the eighteenth. H I C F one hundred K. The trailer's right here by Kuci, and um, yes, you too can have an adventure in nonprofit radio. Published and. We are out of time.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I Elf know. Princess, I look forward to more time next week on the air with Absolutely. you.
1: Absolutely. And I would also like to invite our friends. Uh, normally, the Blue and Gold Report would be coming up in just a uh, few minutes, but uh, they're on a little vacation, I believe, because of Martin Luther King's birthday. So, um, Blue and Gold Report will be back next week with. Um, UCI athletics and, and news and interviews, but today I'm going to be doing a special, um, a, a special segment uh, re- with a, a repodcast from one of our wonderful shows with Ziba Z, our digital future, and it's an interview with Audrey E. Yoon.
0: Oh, with the UCI Libraries. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I hope you will uh, stay with us for that. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock, Rachel Ray's cooking accident. So until next week, my dear friend, uh, I will say, Alin Sala Amentiovo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting.
0: Till next week.
1: And uh, we'll leave our our listeners with a little bit of Hobbit music, Goody. Hobbit uh, a teaser, wonderful <laughs> a teaser from the teaser trailer. This is KUCI in Irvine, eighty eight point nine FM, the best radio station in the history of the universe.
0: Are over the misty mountains, cold
1: to dungeons deep. And
0: caverns old, the pines were roaring. Oh.